Welcome to Wise Up Governance and Boards podcast, brought to you by Three Wise Owls Governance Consultants. Covering hot topics in governance, risk, latest regulatory changes, and issues keeping directors and executives awake at night. Here are your hosts, Ainsley Cunningham and Deb Anderson. Welcome to Wise Up Governance and Boards podcast. Today we are excited to be joined by the amazing Joe Willoughby. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Joe Willoughby is an experienced company director and advisory board chair working with a diverse portfolio across manufacturing, importing, e-commerce, distribution, professional services and cybersecurity. Drawing on 20 plus years experience as an accomplished change agent and business builder, Jo is recognised by boards for her breadth of industry experience and deep knowledge of marketing, revenue and profit growth, strategy, change and transformation, risk and nominations. Jo currently serves as an independent non-executive director for Winson Group, the holding company for Signet and Insignia, and as the advisory board chair for FamGuard. A graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, a certified advisory board chair through the Advisory Board Centre and a fellow of the Australian Marketing Institute. Joey is motivated by creating winning businesses that are great places to work and future ready. Wow, what an impressive bio, Joe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Tell us about your journey that's got you here today. Uh, Well, my journey, it started, uh, I think, like all of us, you know, we start with a passion when we're young. And for me, um, my passion has always been people, business and change. I've always been a driven person, uh, driven to, you know, see how far I could go, how I could test myself and so forth. So uh, much of my career has been uh, established in opportunities, I guess, in organisations whereby I've really jumped in the deep end uh, and learnt how to swim. So never, you know, not too many times have I taken on a role or an, or an opportunity that I've done before, um, but it's always been I found my way. Uh, and, and so for me, you know, taking, um, taking opportunities um, that some might consider risks, I guess um, much of my career has been very much, yeah, you know, opportunities finding me and certainly um, uh, embracing them and then working it out uh, along the way. So I've had an interesting career. I started my career in retail uh, with Freedom Furniture and that was a very interesting time pre-IPO and um, post-IPO and that really set me up for essentially was was the foundation of my sales and marketing career. I moved then into um, Product, ma- uh, sorry, product management and into larger organisations such as Australia Post. And I had lots of great opportunities uh, in that organisation to really um, learn and contribute um, and certainly get comfortable with being uncomfortable in, in many aspects. So whether that was uh, turning around product performance, whether that was creating um, new strategies for the organisation from a digital perspective or certainly um, leading the transformation of the sales force. And then my, you know, moving beyond that into working uh, in financial services. So, you know, as I mentioned before, for me, I don't have a linear progression. I'm not somebody that's been in banking for 20 or 30 years or in one particular industry. I've got diverse experience. That's what people value me for. It's certainly my uh, point of differentiation. 
And that's really all come about through, um, you know, putting myself out there, the school of hard knocks and, you know, learning learning on the way through, dusting myself off and, and getting up again and, and um, moving forward. So what do you think are the major challenges facing directors and businesses in 2020, Jo? So I, I, I guess one of the things that, um, you know, for me, I guess... Over the, the, the duration of my career as an executive and then moving into being a non-executive director, um, you know, I've grown up in an era whereby, you know, we've had the GFC. You know, I was a manager in that period of time. And so lots of um, change and ambiguity also working for traditional organisations that needed to redefine um, and reposition themselves for the future a lot of uncertainty in that regard in relation to who are we when we want to grow up. And I find uh, in, you know, as my role as a, as a non-executive director and just generally the landscape, here we are, you know, in 2020, starting off the year in, in what has been unprecedented um, circumstances we find ourselves in. And so I think one of the challenges for directors is is really um, uh, keeping pace with change, um, being comfortable, if you, if you can say this, it's almost an oxymoron, but being comfortable in the uncomfortable um, and I guess being agile and nimble because that's essentially what's required for the director of the future. You know, having had long-standing um, you know, um, careers is fantastic but also being able to deal with ambiguity and change and things coming from left and right field that we're not necessarily prepared for and being able to stand on your feet and be able to respond uh, and provide a leadership position uh, to support businesses is really, really important. So I think, uh, you know, we're in for interesting times right now and uh, staying abreast of that uh, is, is, a, is a challenge for, for not only me but for other directors generally, I think. Absolutely. And do you think that those, um, how do you think the business will face those challenges as well? So, you know, with the directors really trying to lead the way for them, how do you think the business will fare through that? Uh, well, I'm thinking about my governance role in particular. So, I mean, I'm really fortunate. I sit on a board uh, of a family organisation um, it's been around for 50 years and um, the board, I'm an independent director, there's other independents that sit on that board and we have a really great board composition. The dynamic of the board is fantastic and I'm really fortunate in that regard. We have robust discussion, um, we have respectful discussion and we all operate in the interests of the organisation. So the organisation, I'm confident we will fare well. There will certainly be some dents to performance. There's no doubt about that in relation to particularly the industry um, that we're in. Uh, there's no doubt about that. However, you know, we've got a really solid proposition. Um, it's a very healthy business. It's got great management team and, and a great board supporting it. And so, you know, for us, it's around... Uh, and for me in particular, it's being alive to, you know, the situations as they occur today, but also keeping a level of an awareness and keeping abreast and of future of uh, future trends and so forth, but also supporting that business um, uh, through mentorship with various members of the ELT and so forth. So I'm confident, um, to be honest with you, because, you know, uh, well... It, it's a, an established business. It's, as I said, it's got some great, uh, great people in uh, strategic. In you know, it's got great um, captains uh, running that business, and uh, we've got a great board. 
What's one of the biggest challenges you've faced in your career and how have you overcome it? Um, one of the biggest challenges uh, for me, I guess, uh, has been, uh, you know, I've had a couple of key challenges in my career, to be honest with you, and they're challenges where my own values have been tested uh, and my ethics have been tested. And uh, also not, not so much tested because my ethics and my values are my values and, my, and you know, the way that I perform, but certainly being in environments where that hasn't not necessarily been a great fit. So that has actually been a test for me. Uh, and it's not been so much more of a professional test around my ability to lead or to manage, but certainly how to lead um, myself and how to manage myself in those situations. So, uh, you know, I guess work experience um, provides all, all sorts of different arrays of uh, learning and development. Most of us think it's around technical skills. For me, that certainly has been the case, but a big part of, of the challenges that I've had to actually rise through have been the challenges where, you know, I haven't necessarily felt well supported or I've, you know, my values have been tested or, uh, you know, I've been asked to compromise on things that, you know, for me are, are non-negotiable. Very much a EQ meets IQ type scenario, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in one of your... Um, videos, Joe, uh, you've previously quoted that based on statistics from Deloitte that one in 10 businesses are future ready. Do you think that statistic has changed given the current climate? Uh, look, I, that statistic was from a, a couple of years ago and I'm, I, um, I would imagine that there'd be some certainly organisations that are, you know, pushing the envelope, pardon the pun, in that regard. I think the current environment probably is testing a lot of organisations because just by way of where priorities currently are and, you know, scrambling to immediate needs, uh, I think, if anything, the current environment perhaps is creating a spotlight on some opportunities in organisations to progress in ways that, you know, perhaps we thought were some years off. So if I take, for example, the future of work, you know, this week... Uh, in particular here in Australia, we've been asked uh, by a lot of organisations of us, our employees, to work from home. So that's a whole new paradigm for a lot of organisations whereby, you know, that was perhaps seen as a, you know, a luxury or something that certainly wasn't within how they operate from a business model perspective. It's come as a need. And so that perhaps is, is challenging how they work as a team, the technology that supports them, their operating rhythms and cadence and so forth. So I think, you know, it's it's a work in progress. I really do. I think organisations right now, had they been progressing uh, down particular paths to transform their organisation, they will hopefully continue to do that. But perhaps their energy and resource right now is just trying to keep the business, you know, um, uh, together and people motivated and you know, focused on the task at hand in a new paradigm of a different way of working with each other and with suppliers and their customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're seeing a dynamic shift in their strategic direction, um, given that some people will have no route to market without that foot traffic coming through, um, the pubs, the clubs, the restaurants, all those cafes, all the small to medium business owners are really going to feel the pinch off the back of this. Yeah, and on the, I guess the flip side, and that's true, um, I'm working with some small businesses that I do work with outside of, you know, from an advisory capacity. There certainly are some uh, definite challenges there. I also like to think that there's opportunity 
if you flip this around the other way, there are absolute opportunities. And sometimes it's, you know, today might not be the day to look at that because today might be too overwhelming, but tomorrow is a new day and tomorrow is an opportunity to have conversations that spark curiosity, curiosity in yourself and curiosity in your team um, around how you might be able to do things differently. And, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's um, you know, a, a well-worn quote, you know, don't waste a crisis. You know, there are opportunities here. It's just a matter of finding them. But you need to have the mindset to be able to be ready to find them um, and be open to finding them. Absolutely. And it's really that whole trying to change mindsets as well. So it might not necessarily be the mindset that's currently adopted, but helping, um, you know, pave the way for others to change their mindset as well. Yeah, and I think that's a real, um, that is probably going to be one of the biggest challenges um, because we, you know, as humans, we are creatures of habit, right? We don't necessarily like change. And so um, particularly change that is thrust upon us, upon us as opposed to change that we feel that we're in control and we're navigating for ourselves. And so from a mindset perspective, it will be, I think, a challenge for leaders in organisations around working with their with their teams in particular around changing mindset, going from that fixed mindset to more of a growth mindset needs to be accelerated and supporting their people in this in you know in these circumstances that we face and then being receptive to change. And so uh, and a lot of that you mentioned before, Ainsley, around business models. Business models are, you know, are compromised. And so, you know, there's once panic sets in, it's very hard to change a mindset when people are, you know, stuck on a particular, you know, this is the only way we can do things. And so I think working with um, employees and, and teams around mindset is going to be absolutely crucial going forward. Yeah, definitely. And sort of from a risk management perspective, um, for me, I think it's fantastic for businesses because you're really trying to bring to the forefront um, business continuity planning, crisis management um, and really trying to get out of that reactive mode and try and be more proactive and have more lead indicators in your business instead of those lag indicators and and it's a good test of people's business continuity continuity isn't it it is and I think that's something that's you know this this particular um, event has actually put on the spotlight because typically if I think uh, in my from my own experience you know a biomedical security um, threat wasn't necessarily something that was you know high on the agenda uh, and you know typically business continuity we think about IT systems we think about uh, you know managing that you know health safety and environment um, of our employees and our customers and so forth but not in the context of um, a biomedical threat and so unless you're a hospital for example potentially um, so I think you know it's just opened a real scope of okay um, from a risk assessment perspective just opening up um, the, you know, the paradigm around what are the risks and as you say Deb the continuity around how we manage that, how we, uh, you know, how the plans that we need to have in place, how we communicate with our people, how we communicate with our customers in those regards. And I think a lot of organisations this week and the government uh, as well have been tested around not necessarily having documents ready uh, at the fore to, to go to in the top drawer in these types of situations. And it's an interesting social experiment just going to the supermarket isn't it it is a social experiment it absolutely is <laughs> the toilet paper is becoming a challenge isn't it 
Yeah, I just it's interesting the psyche, right? And I think that's why I mentioned about, you know, changing mindsets, particularly in this in this environment, because once that panic sets in, people want to try and uh, you know, create control. And so people hang on to what they know. So grabbing the toilet paper, the frozen food, um, the tin veggies and things like that and, and bunkering down. And so when you think about that in business and you're trying to change the dynamic or certainly the mindset of teams, you can start to see even through our own, you know, social experiment at the supermarket, you can start to see how some of those mindset of the limitations can start to play out in business and be, you know, they're really hard, can be hard to change. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, it's it's where leadership really comes into play. And, you know, you've got um, well-experienced directors in business at sort of the top end of town and how smaller businesses can really learn from them where these businesses have potentially gone through the GFC, potentially gone through all the natural catastrophe hazards through the sort of mid-2000s. And really, um, when you're operating in that coalface, really drawing on that experience and utilising that in this sort of times. Well, I think it's 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 certainly great to have that experience. And from a director perspective, you know, you need to be able to you know work with the ELT and in leadership teams to support them, not necessarily jump in and do their job for them but certainly be there to support and sharing that knowledge uh, and that experience I think is really crucial uh, because there is wisdom in having gone through some some of this stuff before, um, not necessarily in the same circumstance, not necessarily the same um, conditions, but certainly working through ambiguity and uncertainty uh, and uh, helping organisations uh, survive through that perhaps not necessarily a time for thriving it's really organizations are focused on just surviving right now absolutely so in your experience how are we progressing on diversity at a board level and a c-suite level uh from a board perspective uh for me i'm again very fortunate i've um i work in a you know employed by an organization uh in a very diverse board so not only by gender but by experience and by industry and that perhaps reflects my executive career as well. I've been very fortunate to work in organisations and environments where there has been a vast array of diversity. You know, I talked earlier about my executive career and I don't necessarily fit into a particular box, but I've been very fortunate that people that have actually taken a, a bet on me have actually embraced diversity, diversity of experience, diversity of thinking, uh, diversity of, you know, gender contributions and so forth. So, uh, you know, my own personal experience is, is a positive experience. You know, from a board perspective, you know, it's, it's well understood that, uh, you know, there's not enough... Uh, there's not as many women on boards, I should say, uh, as there are men. And there's perhaps lots of reasons uh, for that. And, you know, supply of um, female candidates might be might be one issue. Um, there might be a whole host of, of other issues. I think, you know, it's not only about gender. Diversity for me is much, much broader, as I mentioned. It's around experience and thinking. And one of the things that I really am enjoying um, being an observer of at the moment, Deb, is the changes that are being made in America and in California in particular around diversity of boards and a recognition that, you know, if you only ever want CEOs on your board, you're going to be limited because everybody else is queuing up for a CEO. But 
you know, there's great experience to be had for people that have, you know, knocked off skin, who have actually got, you know, their great experience um, beneath the C-suite um, level and, and in that next level under the CEO that have got great, uh, you know, is a great opportunity, you know, they're, they're prime candidates to be able to provide great support to organisations. And I guess I'm one of those people, right? So, of course, I've, I've you know, no doubt there's some bias in there from my perspective. But diversity of experience um, is really key. Diversity of thinking, diversity of age uh, is, is another great opportunity as well. Uh, and I think we could be doing much more in that space, not only in the gender diversity space, but, um, you know, gender uh, diversity in general. So with your wealth of experience, if you yourself back as being your 20-year-old self, what conversation would, would you have based on your experience? Uh, you know what? She's a pretty headstrong, stubborn 20-year-old <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's probably not much different now. Um, I'm not sure she would have listened to me um, too much, uh, Deb, and I think, if anything, that's something that I think that, uh, you know, my advice to her would be to embody that spirit, that individual spirit. Uh, I think that's really important to know who you are um, and, you know, certainly and what you've got to offer. It doesn't need to look the same as everybody else. And in fact, uh, I would discourage her uh, from looking the same as everybody else. And again, you know, that comment is perhaps biased on the fact that for me in my career, I've taken the path path less travelled and certainly I've taken some risks in that regard. Um, but, geez, I've had some fantastic payoffs and I, I'm looking forward to, to my future. So to her, I would say keep going, be strong, uh, stay resilient, um, keep your spirit and your spunk and, uh, you know, <laughs> you'll make the, the, you know, the right contribution to the organisations that are, you know, that are really looking for uh, to differentiate and to do things differently. Have you had an experience working overseas? I haven't uh, lived overseas and, and worked overseas. I've certainly had experience uh, as a product manager sourcing product from overseas. Uh, so my time, uh, you know, working from a global t- context is really limited around um, uh, sourcing product and so forth. So um, not to the extent that perhaps others have. How important do you think um, culture is right now? Oh, super important. You know, um, I'm certainly by no means a cultural expert, um, but, you know, culture is, you know, one of those things that is, it's the glue that holds organisations together. And at this point in time, if we just think about, you know, the context of right here and right now um, with coronavirus and so forth, I think, uh, you know, culture is, you know, it's either going to be the glue that holds you together or it's going to be uh, show the, the weaknesses and the and um, the flaws in an organisation. So I think it's really, really important for organisations that are, you know, are focused on surviving, you know, having everyone pulling in the same direction um, is important. Not They don't need to be the same and act the same. That's not what I'm saying. But certainly having, a, you know, a culture of um, a cohesion is really, really important Um you know, I guess that goes to say outside of this environment, but I think culture is one of the, the uh, I guess, the, uh, I guess, aspects of an organisation that really has a spotlight on it right now. Yeah, absolutely, and it's sort of that ratio of 100% input and opinion and thoughts and ideas, but as long as there's 70% agreement and we're all rowing in the same direction, it's, um, 
Absolutely. And look, and I'm a, an advocate for really demonstrating that at a board level as well. I mean, you know, that's where you know, culture and strategy really comes from, is set from um, you know, those, those governance environments. And again, if the board doesn't demonstrate a great culture, a great working culture, then it's, you know, you can't expect the rest of the organisation to um, also... Um, well, I see it, really. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you need to be able to model that in the boardroom and... Uh, again, I'm fortunate that we've been able to. I'm, I'm in a, uh, a company of, organ of um, fellow directors that are, are very attuned to that, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's great with that top-down approach, isn't it? Mm. So as a leader of um, transformational change, what would your top three tips be for businesses facing this unprecedented change right now? I think there needs to be calm, you know, there needs to be level heads. I think it's very easy right now to get caught up in the media. We all are, right? And um, and even for myself, it's around, you know, um, self-intervention of reading some of the media because you, it can easily, you just bunker into a hole. So I think uh, there's a call for calm. Um, these, you know, progress can be made um, with calm heads. And from my perspective, employees and teams and customers are looking for for leadership and to be effective in that regard it requires you know to have a, a calm mind to be able to make the right decisions um so from my perspective uh, i you know it really does require a calm calm head i think the second thing uh in relation to um right now it is getting clarity on priorities so we talked earlier around our organizations progressing uh, in their advancements around transformation and I'm sure um, for many organizations that's still a high priority but for others that might just go on the back burner for the next you know week two month or so uh, so it's getting clear on those priorities and I guess uh, also uh, working with your team and communication so once you know Again, coming from a you know all great transformation, start with very clear, calm uh, leadership, competent leadership, and communication, and they're the things that are really required right now. So, a calm head, clarity around priorities, and communication with people, constant communication. The number one reason why transformations fail is because of the lack of communication and poor leadership. So, you know, now more than ever. Um, People are looking to their leaders for certainty uh, and you know, we need to be able to provide it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's really important to have that feedback loop in there as well to just really um, be mindful of mental health as well and ensuring that your teams are not feeling isolated, not heard, concerns are not being addressed quickly enough. That whole sort of feedback loop system really oh. needs to come into the... Absolutely. And I think what we're seeing at the moment is, you know, for people in frontline positions, whether they're in the health industry or they're in retail, uh, you know, having, you know, supporting our people in that way is really, really important because these are unprecedented times. Our behaviour can sometimes get a little bit erratic. We've seen that on, you know, the supermarkets, on the TV and so forth. Uh, you know, we can go a little bit crazy. And so, you know, it's our people at the front line that we really need to be protective of and supportive of, as you say, Ainsley, that's really crucial. I think it's also important to be protecting and supporting people who are isolated working from home that are used to be working and 
officers all of a sudden isolated at home, yeah. that there's some support for them as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, we're all different, right? You know, for the for those of us that don't mind a little bit of isolation, we're probably in our happy space. But for those that are social, more social creatures and crave that connectivity, then that disruption is, you know, a whole other, you know, whole other, you know, realm of getting used to and uh, as you say Debbie an opportunity to to provide support and everybody be kind to each other kind yeah Yeah. and that sort of collaboration and support too should really filter through to businesses where you know these small businesses that might be able to share the load and collaborate in some way to try and really um, weather the storm and have a bit of resilience here to survive and come out the other side there's some, you know, I've seen and perhaps you've seen this too on um, social media whereby uh, I think it was Eventbrite, if I'm correct, uh, launched something yesterday where you could um, pay in advance for a meal. Or maybe it wasn't Eventbrite, but, you know, for things that that will actually help with cash flow for small business right now, just being creative. And I know in the bushfires, uh, particularly in Victoria and New South Wales, uh, there was a site that was created very quickly um, so out of adversity came some great innovative idea around, you know, paying forward for a coffee, paying it forward for a night's accommodation uh, in establishments that had been burnt down, but people that, you know, still owned these businesses, but it didn't have the vehicle or the facility to um, be able to trade. And so things like that, I think if we, you know, we are outside cre- the box. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's times like these that, yeah, sure, they're, you know, they're frightening and they're scary, but, you know, these are the times that I guess when we're, you know, when we're a little bit pushed out of our comfort zone that we start to think about things differently and what could be the opportunity. And, and that's what I was really trying to um, reinforce before. It's around being curious and thinking differently and uh, exploring what might be possible right now. Thank you so much for your time today, Joe, and be safe. You're welcome, and, and uh, thank you for, for your time, and stay safe too. Thank you to all our listeners today for joining us, and stay tuned for our next instalment of Wise Up. That's all for today. Until next time, happy podcasting. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, check out our other episodes and all things governance at www.threewiseowls.com.au.